0: From Leader in Me Studios, I'm Molly Garcia. This is The Empowering Teacher. Welcome, everyone. How often do we truly feel heard? I mean, really heard. Like it was as if the person listening to you was right next to you when it all happened. And can you remember a time where you were listening to a student or a parent pour their heart out to you and you held that space so tightly for them that they knew you heard them every ounce of feeling you understood. As empowering teachers, we believe that listening with our eyes, ears, heart, and mind ignites the way for true understanding in our relationships. We get it. Walk a mile in someone's shoes. Know where they're coming from. Look at the situation from all angles. Yet, why is it that we can still find ourselves in default of probing and evaluating and rushing to see the story through our own lens? or only listening with the intent to reply? Is efficiency our motive? What brings us to this mode? And how do we choose to engage in a better way of listening and responding? A space in which our intent and actions are aligned to truly guide us in our profession. Today, we are getting real with Sean Covey, the president of Franklin Covey Education and New York Times bestselling author, Sean, welcome back to the Empowering Teacher Podcast.
1: Thank you, Molly. So good to be with you again.
0: Yeah. I just want to give a little caveat to our listeners out there. If you're new to our podcast and you're listening for the very first time, our series with Sean for season two is a space where we're getting into the nitty gritty of the public victory habits four through eight. And today we're going to be jumping into habit five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And there is a lot to unpack with habit five. So, Sean, I would love for us just to jump right into it with a question. What is it? What is habit number five?
1: Well, habit five is the foundation of good relationships is think win-win, which is habit four. And habit five is a skill. It's seek first to understand, then to be understood. It's the habit of empathic listening. It's the key to communication. You think about it. We're taught how to speak. We're taught how to write. We're taught how to think, right? But we're never taught how to listen. And really, it's the most important part of communication, because if you want to have influence with another person, they need to know you care first, or they won't be open to your influence. So it's foundational to, you know, to really having good relationships. And it is the hardest habit too, to live, because it's been my experience. Most people think they're really good at listening. You talk about listening. Oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a really good listener. And most people aren't. <laughs> and, it's, and it's important to Have good intent and the skill both to be a good listener because your intent is like the big iceberg underneath the water you don't see. And the skill is what you see at the top, but you need both to be an effective listener.
0: Sean, that was such a drop the mic moment when you were talking about that we teach thinking. We teach very specific skills and strategies in school. However, you made me think back and I wondered if our listeners are feeling the same thing when you said that we don't teach people how to. Listen. Like that was powerful to me to really think about it's a skill that we have to practice and really lean into and, and have direct, explicit instruction on it as well. I never thought about that. That was great insight.
1: Absolutely. And you don't see it in um, our talk shows today. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> There's no listening going on. It's just, res- you know, preparing your next response while the person's talking. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, here's the thing. We know that true listening matters, and, and we definitely believe that as educators. I'm going to lean into this question. Why does the ability to listen fly out of the window when we're with people we care about? Or, you know, even as we're sitting in our PLCs or our IEP meeting, why is it so hard?
1: It's just hard to listen just because it's just natural to be full of ourselves, <laughs> our own heads. I'm not saying that like, you know, we're full of ourselves, like we're really arrogant. We're just just naturally in our own paradigms all the time. And it's hard to say, I've got to leave my shoes and stand in their shoes. It's not intuitive. And you got to work at it. So a lot of times, you know, people are talking and, and we're filtering everything through our own lenses and through our own paradigms. And that's why we have, there's lots of bad listening styles that are typical, right? It's things like pretend listening. And we've all experienced that where, uh huh, yeah, uh huh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Just spacing out, you're not listening at all. Selective listening, you're listening to things that you want to hear and you pick up on something. You know, they're talking about some deep issue and they mention the word Olympics and then you go off on, yeah, I remember <laughs> the 2002 Olympics. Do you remember when, right? or self-centered listening, which is just kind of, again, you're just interpreting everything from your own perspective. That's why it's hard because we're kind of into our own minds most of the time. And it takes some real effort to say, I'm going to really try to stand in your shoes for a minute.
0: Yeah. And that takes like an intentional space because when you describe those other ways, which I feel like we're all guilty of living in for a moment in time, is that tends to go for efficiency. And what I'm hearing you say is that Habit five is really about the effectiveness of the relationship and listening to the other person.
1: Absolutely. The skill, I mean, in a nutshell, you got to have good intent, which is, okay, I have no agenda. I don't want to give you my biography. I don't want to tell you. And as parents, parents sometimes can be the worst listeners because we will go to, yeah, I understand, honey. I understand why school's hard for you right now. You don't feel like going and you are you don't feel like trying hard. I remember when I was in seventh grade too, and I had to, you know what I mean? And they just check out as soon as you go to your own biography. So we've got to, especially as parents, we've got to really work at it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Work at it is what the key word I'm hearing. You mentioned, Sean, just earlier, you said we live in our own paradigms that sometimes those can get in the way. Can you say more about that?
1: Sure. If you don't mind, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Okay. So I was a football player in college and- it was a big part of my life and then my career ended i played for division one university and i wanted to make it into the pros and i was on track and then i hurt my knee and it ended everything and so it's kind of a hard ending you know to so something i spent most of my life preparing for at that point and then i got married and my wife and i have a son first child and i thought okay man i can all my unfulfilled dreams can be fulfilled through him now <laughs> and so Again, I was into my own head, and I raised him to be a quarterback, and I, he was really good, and I I coached him in third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. I spent hundreds, thousands of hours coaching him, right, to be a great quarterback. And then I remember he came to me before his uh, eighth grade year, and he said, it was the summer, and he said, Dad, I don't think I want to play football next year. And I said, are you serious? <laughs> How could you possibly do you know how much time I've spent training you? (laughs) And that didn't seem to persuade him. And then I made him feel guilty. And I said, so you just want to throw away this great talent you have, do you? Mm -hmm. What a waste. I was just so into my own head and into my own paradigm and my needs. I wasn't listening. And I I was honestly at work a few days later after this incident. and We were designing a course on empathic listening. (laughs) When I, it hit me, what, what am I doing? So I, I had to, and this is why the habits are important in sequence, because I had to win a private victory first. And I went back and I caught myself, habit one, right, be proactive. And then I thought, what is my end in mind? Did, do I care if he's a great quarterback? Do I want to raise a quarterback or a son? And I thought, of course I want to raise a son. Do I really care if he ends up being a great quarterback? you know, down deep, I don't. That'd be fun. It'd be nice. But no, I don't. And so I got myself right. And I was ready to listen. And so it came up a few days later. So you really don't want to play next year. And no, I dad, It was I don't want to. OK, that's that's fine. You don't know what it was like last year for me, Dad. What do you mean? <sighs> Didn't you notice I got killed? I, I'm smaller than everybody else. You were big when you were my age i'm not and so here's where you when anytime in a conversation when do you practice empathic listening anytime it's an emotional issue anytime the stakes are high you don't do it all the time but you do it when the stakes are high and the stakes were high right now and and he said so the best way to practice empathic listening this is the skill is you repeat back in your own words what the other person is saying and feeling so it was a hard year for you, was it? Yeah, Dad. I mean, I got killed. So you feel like you got really beat up last year. Duh. I mean, and this summer, everyone grew bigger, and I'm still the same size. I'm going to get killed next year. So you feel like it's going to be a hard year next year physically. Is that right? Yeah, Dad. And and you feel like I don't understand because I was big when I was in your grade, big for my age, and you're not. Is that right? Exactly, Dad. It's exactly. And you, you'd never understand what it's like. So this went on for like 10 minutes. I just listened. I had no agenda. I wasn't trying to persuade him because I had won a private victory before. Right? I want to raise a son. After like a, you know a few minutes, he finally he said, Dad, what do you think I should do? Okay. So for the first time, after weeks of trying to persuade him um, otherwise, for the first time, I had influence with him. When he said, Dad, what do you think I should do? Because he felt understood, right? And it took me 15 minutes. And then I said, you know, I don't know, but I want you to know that whatever you decide, I'm, I'm with you. If you want to play, that's great, and I'll coach you again. If you don't want to, that's great. You can do something else. And he said, really, Dad? I said, really. A couple of days later, he came back and said, I'm going to play. But I'm doing it on my own. I know you're good either way. He was a quarterback, never wanted to become a great quarterback, and I didn't really care. (laughs) But what I did care about, Molly, is that was a bonding experience. And we've always been close. That continued to keep us close. It could have gone a different direction. And, you know, today he comes to me all the time and asks for my opinion on things. And we have high influence with each other. But I was full of my own paradigms in my own head. We often are. We have our own agendas. We have deep-seated issues in the past playing out all the time. And we've got to just prepare ourselves and say, I I really want to listen on this issue and understand you. I have no agenda. I just want to understand.
0: This is why we're calling this episode Getting Real with Sean. This is such a great example for all of us, for our listeners. I heard you close a connection gap for us that you leaned into the private victory to have the end result with working with Habit 5. And it's such a beautiful example of how they are interwoven. We don't work with the habits in isolation and such a real example that we can all relate to and the journey that you went through to get there. And it makes us, Sean, I want you to know as listeners and we're hearing this, that as you're navigating through this, the journey that you went through helps us kind of process through some of those things and you know, even taking the example you gave us and relating it to One of the, I would, I'll tell you, this is probably the question I get most frequently in a seven habits workshop from both our principals and our teachers is, do we use Habit 5 all the time? I mean, what if someone asked me for my advice and you just talked about at the end of the conversation your son asked you, but before that happened, a lot of listening took place.
1: Yeah. And you don't use it all the time because I mean, if someone comes up to you and, and says, Hey, I, I need to go to the bathroom. You don't say, hey, I can, if I understand you correctly, I can see you really need to go, right? <laughs> right. Right, but um, anytime <laughs> the issue is important or jugular, you know, you, you just practice this skill. I wanna understand you, I have good intent. I'm gonna practice this skill. I'm gonna repeat back what you say in your own words. So this happened a few years ago. My wife came to me and she said, my mother's coming n- next Monday and she's gonna be with us for a week. I said, great. She goes, Oh, you gave me that look. <laughs> and I said, what look? The <laughs> well, look that you don't want my mom to, to stay. I said, I'm, I'm fine. I promise. And she goes, and I could see there's some deep issues here, right? This was really important to her. She was about to cry. I said, well, tell me what's wrong. And she wouldn't open up. And I just kept asking. And finally she said, well, it feels to me like we spend 80% of the time with your family and 20% with mine. And and I, I sometimes feel like you don't make an effort like you should. And I know your family is all around here, and my family is not, and that's why we spend more time with yours. But, and I just kept listening and listening. I could just tell this was a deep issue for her. She wanted, she wanted to spend more time with her mom and her sisters, and she wanted me to make more of an effort. And I'm so glad I took time to listen because if I would have just quickly glossed over this, I would never opened up the real issue. Right? That she had for years felt like um, she was separated from her family too much. And so it really influenced me. I, From that point forward, I really went out of my way to, you know, say, let's have a family reunion. Let's do it at our place. Let's, um, to, you know, to try to make it so that it felt like I was making an effort and cared, and which I did. But had I not listened, I never would have got that because it took a while for her to unravel. It was like a an onion, you know, you got to keep peeling and peeling back and finally she opened up and shared what had been brewing for years.
0: It seems especially with that example that habit five is an amplifier in really moving our relationships from that transactional space to transformational. And I remember you sharing with us that sequence matters when we were talking about habit four. Can you talk a little bit about just because with that example, I feel like it kind of opens up a space for us to talk about this. How does habit five connect with habit four?
1: four five and six are like inseparable okay so you've, you've got a private victory which is kind of get your own act together you don't have to be perfect but you know take charge of your life have a plan try to live your plan that's private victory and habits four five and six are the public victory meaning you you succeed with other people because it's a good thing to be independent right and to be you know have that private victory and it's 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 a better thing to be interdependent. It's a higher level of, of being. And four, five, and six are inseparable. And four is the root, R-O-O-T. Five is the root, R-O-U-T-E. And six is the fruit. Is the fruit. So they work together. Four is a mindset. It's, hey, I want to win. I want you to win. You know, and five is, okay, practice the skill set now. Right? Of listening. And remember, there's two sides of the habit. Seek first to understand then to be understood. So in the case of my son, my then to be understood was, son, I don't, I'm good either way. I really am. If you want to play, that's great. If you don't, that's great. So there's a time to reflect your side, but only after you feel like, you know, they feel that they're understood. And then six is, uh, the you know, really the fruit is, is where the synergy and the brainstorming comes in. So they're really so closely tied together, but they are Are distinct as well. There's three very important distinct habits.
0: That's a great example. Four is the root, R O O T. Five is our path, right? Our root, R O U T E. And then fruit of our labor, right? I love that. That's such a great analogy. Great way to teach our students as well. You know, I'm thinking you brought up, Sean. Um, the second part of Habit 5, and I'm thinking of the teacher listening right now that might be thinking, okay, this sounds great. I can truly see the value in understanding the situation um, through other perspectives. However, they might be also thinking, well, when do I get a chance to share how I'm feeling in the given situation? Even if they don't necessarily agree with the other person, because I feel like that could be also a space of misunderstanding. With habit five, is that people might feel like, well, then am I saying I agree with a person? I mean, we know in, in education, there's always going to be spaces where we don't necessarily see eye to eye with a colleague.
1: Uh huh. Sure. Yeah, and that's fine. That's why in you know habit four, we we say you can achieve a win win solution most of the time, but sometimes it's no deal. Right? You just choose to disagree. And that's fine, but there always needs to be respect, right, for the other person. And and I think it's I think it's fine that you you, you know if you're really having an argument with somebody or trying to resolve an issue, um, what usually happens is you'll if you really take time to listen, you'll be influenced by the other person. It will change what you say. It's like a, a writer when you write and you really say, okay, who is my audience? Let me understand my audience for a minute. You're how how you write, because you've sought first to understand, you'll write differently to that audience, right? And if suddenly your the same topic goes to a different audience, you'll write differently for them because you understand where they're coming from, right? And so always be a good listener and then seek and you'll have more influence if if other person feels understood, you'll have more influence when you share your part, right? And that's again, gets back to kind of, Habit four of courage and consideration. You need to be considerate by listening and you need to be courageous by sharing your point of view as well. Both are important and both matter.
0: Yeah, it's such a great example of mutual engagement, right? Sometimes we can walk into a space where it's a one sided um, conversation. And what habit five is really doing is connecting everybody in the conversation together with mutual understanding. And that really is, yeah, that's such a great example of moving from transactional. I'm getting here to get the job done, say my message to transformational, look at all the possibilities with this. Sean, thank you for such great insight and for getting real with us. I think that's important to our listeners to really see how we can live the habits in real life. Um, so thank you for that it means the world to us. Um, and we're going to switch gears. <laughs> we're going to switch gears on you. We're going to jump into the, what would Sean do? You ready? You're a pro okay. at this. Ready all right, go. question one what would you do differently as a first time author?
1: I'll reverse that and say, I did everything right as a first time author. Nice. <laughs> as, a multi, as someone that's written more than one book, I'd, I would go back to what I did as a first time author more <laughs> because I, I did so many focus groups. When I wrote Seven Habits for Teens, I just did focus groups from all over the country and all over the world for that matter. And I had probably 200 teens involved to help me put that book together. So I think, I think that's, I'd go back to what I did originally more.
0: <laughs> yeah. Keep it right. What would you do if you were confronted with a tough decision? What, in other words, what's your kind of go-to strategy?
1: My go-to strategy is to talk with um, lots of people that I trust and get opinions and listen and synthesize and balance it out and make a call. But I, I find mm. great wisdom in teams. I sometimes feel like I'm thinking on my own, I'm off. And if I talk with my wife and a few friends and some colleagues that I trust, I can come to the right decision.
0: All right. Last one. What do you continuously do on a daily basis that brings joy to your life?
1: Talk it over late at night with my kids. <laughs> mm, I um, love that. You know, everyone's running around doing different activities and but around nine, nine thirty, everyone's back ready to go to bed and we will just talk it over and have fun and eat junk food (laughs) and then go go to bed too late and regret it next time.
0: I love the junk food part. That is what I'm writing down right now. Junk food. (laughs) Well, Sean, thank you for your wisdom. Everyone, we'll be right back with some more insight from Sean in just a moment.
1: Do you ever get that feeling that just when you figured something out,
0: another change or challenge presents itself? Have you ever heard the only constant in life is change? I'm Mike Webb, senior consultant and coach with LeaderMe. If you'd
1: like a great resource to meet those challenges head on, simply type in change model into the search engine on leaderme.com. There you will see a host of resources just waiting to be implemented. Your new results are just around the corner.
0: Welcome to the Paradigm Pause, our episode today really unwraps our paradigm around authentically listening to others, shifting from listening with the intent to reply to knowing that if we empathically listen to others, we have greater influence. Sean reminds us just as with critical thinking skills or learning a new math concept, listening takes intentional focus and practice to get better. When we get out of our own head, our own agenda and stop filtering the conversation through our own paradigms, we unlock the key to impactful communication. It starts with our intent and is built through the skill of reflecting the other person's thoughts and feelings. Imagine the impact we can truly have when we decide to shift our paradigm to listening before speaking. When we live life through this paradigm, we create a place and space for our students to know they're loved They are seen and they are heard. Welcome back, everyone. We always end our podcast episode with one doable action step and strategy that the empowered teacher can take right back to the classroom. So Sean, what is one thing that our teachers can do to truly lean into Habit 5 today?
1: Okay, I'd say this, that um, the next time there's an emotional conversation of any kind where, you know, it's important to the other person, practice mirroring. Okay, practice the skill of reflecting back in your own words, what the other person is saying and feeling. So, you can start with phrases like this. As I get it, you felt that. So, as I see it, you, I can see that you're feeling, you feel this way. So, what you're saying is, so is this how you feel? You know, am I I capturing you correctly? Just watch, watch the power of that. You know, you go home and Somebody says something to you and it just, you know, you can see there's high emotion. Just say, well, I can see you're frustrated. <laughs> That's just yeah. like, just listen to me, right? Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't judge me. Don't advise me. Just listen. That's all I want. The deepest need of the human heart is to be understood. Oh, really is. Yeah. So practice an empathic response the next time someone opens up to you on an issue. And yeah. just watch how it just is so unburdening. And bring so much joy to the other person. Everyone wants to feel understood.
0: I love that. Sean, thank you for sharing your genius with us today. And of course, a big thank you to our listeners. Keep shining. You got this.